welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. We are in our yes So we're going to be saying a lot of yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> we're going to be saying yes. And I'm going to raise this chair up just a little bit because I want to be taller than you. You need to raise yours up too because this table's tall. And uh, you don't have to just get all the way down there unless Not you just to. want to. Well, we're so glad. Sorry. Don't fall. <laughs> don't fall, baby. I'll catch you. But anyway, so glad that you're you're joining us. And Sheila, I've grown up in Dallas my whole life. And I'm not sure that in my lifetime, we've had these kind of temperatures. It's been, it's been crazy. It's a lot of fun. Just keeps you bundled up and kind of, you know, snuggling up to each other, getting by the fireplace. And it keeps Sheila outside trying to make sure our pool is running during yes. all this. It's been Jet, kind of crazy. Jets have gone off and we're, we're a little... Jets have gone off, ice is forming. Yes. It's just been crazy, crazy, <laughs> crazy. Well, you know what? It's Valentine's Day. Yes, it's a love It's day. Valentine's Day. Love for everybody. Whether a, you're married, it doesn't matter. You've got kids, you're by yourself, you're single. This is a day of love. Love yourself well. You know, uh, we, we, had, we had a top 10 uh, song list when we were in high school. Remember that? I do, but I don't know if I remember all the songs. Do you remember any song? Lady. Was that one? <laughs> no, that was not. That, that is a good one, though. You know, Kenny Rogers. Lady, I'm your knight in shining armor, and I love you. He's trying you to find so me. You are so beautiful. You are so beautiful to me, me. Can't you see? You're everything I hope for. You're everything I need. Do you remember this one? Always and forever. Each moment with you. You know that one, Arthur? Just like a dream to me. That somehow came true. And I know tomorrow. Because we, we got life of love that won't ever change. And every day, love me your own special way. Melt all my heart away with a smile. Thank you, Arthur. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thanksgiving? Yeah, Thanksgiving. Valentine's. Merry Christmas. <laughs> happy New Year. And happy Valentine's. That is so funny how that just rolled off your tongue. You know why? Because I'm thankful for you. Thank you. It's Thanksgiving every day. What a great cover. What a great cover. <laughs> what a great cover. I actually got distracted because of this plate. I just can't wait to eat whatever you're about to serve up, girl. Because we are going to say yes. Well, you know, on Wednesday night, it was so much fun. We uh, we gathered together with a lot of our married people, and we talked about uh, saying yes 
to the F words, the six F words of relationship. And we only really got to two of those. And so I wanted to jump in and I wanted to kind of go there for just a second. But I have a new favorite joke that Pastor Sheila tells. And, uh, you know, you've never been a real big jokester. You laugh at other people, but you never like told a bunch of jokes. But I love. I can't remember. No, but I love this joke. (laughs) If I have it written down. So go ahead and read this joke. Okay. So this joke is, relates to the perfect husband and all of us. Women you don't want have to, to explain find it. the perfect husband. Just tell yes. the joke. I just wanted to tell that. <laughs> a new perfect husband shopping center opened up where women could go and choose between men and to find the perfect husband. It was laid out on five floors with the men increasing in positive attributes as you ascended the floors. Now there was only one rule. And the rule was once you open the door to any floor, you must choose a man from that floor. And if you go up a floor, you cannot go back down except to leave the store. So a couple of girls go to the store to find a man to marry. The first floor sign reads, these men have high paying jobs and love kids. The women read the sign and say, that is wonderful but let's find out what is on the next floor. So now they go to the second floor and when they get there, they see a sign that says, these men have high paying jobs. They love kids, are extremely good looking. Hmm, says the girls, I wonder what is further up. So they go to the third floor and when they get there, they see the third floor sign that says, these men have high paying jobs. They love kids, they're extremely good looking and with help with the housework. Wow, these ladies say, they say it's very tempting, but there are more floors. So the fourth floor, they head up and they see the sign that says, these men have high paying jobs. They love kids, they're extremely good looking, will help with the housework and are great in bed. Mm. Oh, mercy It's a little uncomfortable for her to say that right now. Just think what must be waiting further up, says the women. So up they go to the fifth floor. The fifth floor sign reads, this floor is just to prove that women are impossible to please. We just My have favorite really new joke. high expectations and we keep wanting more. Many high expectations. So we're <laughs> going to jump right into our message, but thank you for being willing to do that just because I really like that. Yes. Because uh, some men know that that's not a joke. It's actually true. It's very difficult to please many women, but you are not difficult. Thank you for not being difficult. We're just, you know, most of us are women of excellence and we want the best. We believe the best. So we see in our spouse that they could be better. So they could do more housework and they could take care of the kids and they could could be better in bed. Yes. All those things. So we just want more for them. Right? Right. That's perfect. (laughs) Well, hey, I want to start with leadershipology. Saying yes is the doorknob that opens the door of the possible. And that's what we want during this series. We want you to understand the power of yes. We want to encourage you to understand that if you just default all the time to no, then you know what? You're going to miss a lot of things in life. And I love this series. I love even the bumper. I love that Jim Carrey movie. Uh, What was the name of that movie, Josh? 
It was, yes, man, yes, man. And so people, you know, at times when you're a real honoring person, they say, oh, you're a yes man or you're a yes woman. Well, you know what? There can be nothing that can be said better about us than we are yes people. And so we got to learn to say yes to God and say yes to the right things. Um, Frederick Buechner wrote in Now and Then, a memoir of vocation. Listen to your life. See it for the fathomless mystery it is. In the boredom and pain of it, no less than in the excitement and gladness. Touch, taste, smell your way to the holy and hidden heart of it. Because in the last analysis, all moments are key moments and life itself is grace. And I love that because really that's what we're talking about. We're talking about not just marriage. We're talking about relationships, Sheila. And it's so important. So I want to talk about these these six, what we're saying, these six F words of relationship are, and the first one is food. And you talked a little bit about that uh, on Wednesday night, but yeah, just give so a quick really synopsis. really how this all started was that Pastor Keith always, when he prays, he always includes in his prayer the things that he's thankful for. And it always begins with the letter F. So it's food, fun, finances, family, favor, and future. So when I pray over the food, that's part of the way I pray. It's like, it's like I say, Lord, we just thank you. Of course, it's for the food. Have you ever been with somebody and they prayed over the food and they never prayed for the food? They never thanked yes, God for the me. food? I've it's done like, that before. <laughs> Sheila, Sheila. Like, oh, wait, y'all close your eyes again. I we forgot, forgot, to to th we forgot the reason we were praying. So yes. I start with food, but food, fun, finances, family, favor, and future. And I always say that when we pray because I just, I just rip it off because I'm always believing that. And I believe that your life follows your mouth. And so what you pray, what you say is so important because that's what you're going to see. And uh, so- and, and now I just want to say this, this plate right here, just as we start and as it represents marriage, this plate and as it relates to food is we have to think about everything that we have in our marriage that yeah. relates to what we feed our marriage. You know, for all of us, we can feed our marriage resentment, anger, frustration, right. you know, just irritations. And it's really easy to live there. And, but when you think about that, what if that's all that I fed my marriage? If I did, or any relationship that I'm in, if I did, I wouldn't have a very good marriage or wouldn't have a very good relationship. So what we feed our marriages are so important because if we don't eat good food, right. we'll have a weakened immune system. We'll be, um, I mean, we could even be obese, yep. you know, in our, just physically in who we are. So those things really relate to our relationship yeah. or, too. Or we could be out of shape and, it, and our food be working against us rather than for us. And, and it's supposed to be, food is supposed to be nutritional. Now I'm a celebratory eater. So all the food that I eat is not nutritional, but it sure is fun. And uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But let me, let me tell you what the Bible says. And I love this because the Bible speaks to us in metaphors. But the Bible says in Psalms 34 that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him or honor him and he delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. So I find that interesting. You've got to taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, fear the Lord, verse nine of Psalms 34 says, you saints, there is no want in those who honor him. You know, if you ever just been so hungry, like it's a mistake to ever go to the grocery store if you're hungry. 
I mean, I did that the other day. I made that mistake and I realized. I usually open a box of something. You do? Yes. I'll either, I'll pick up some crackers and I'll munch on. Now, the reason I'm, I'm saying that, I'm not surprised that she opens something <laughs> because she always had something open. You understand? She didn't just open something. In her purse, there's always something open to eat. But I find it interesting, Sheila, and it's so true that, that we've, got to, we've got to be the ones to taste and see. There's a, a famous story that really did happen about uh, in a college, and I can't remember because it was years ago, like back in the 80s, back, 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 back. And there was a, there was a, a guy that was a professor basically in a, a secular school, that means non-Christian school, which many schools are now. And he was talking about how he was an atheist and why he was an atheist. And he said, I would, I would be open to anybody debating me in class. And so there was a, a young man in the class who had a, the presence of mind to say, um, I'll, I'll take on that debate. And he stood up with the professor and uh, he, he pulled out an orange out of his, his lunch. And he said, you know, I could talk to you all day long about this lunch, but until you're willing to taste this, this orange, you would never know what the orange tastes like. And he said, that's the way a lot of people are with God. They've never tasted and seen that the Lord is good. They've never known the benefits of being nourished by the word of God. The Bible also says in Psalms 119, 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. So again, I think in our marriage, we, we've got to understand that we are feeding our marriage with, like you said, either, either love or not just hate. I said, I said this to somebody today. Um, I said, you know, the opposite of love, most people think, like if I were to ask you the opposite of love, what would you say? What's the opposite of love? Just hate? Unlo unloving. Okay, to be unloving. But most people would say, well, the opposite of love is hate. But really the opposite of love is not just hate, the opposite of love is selfishness. So what does selfishness taste like? I can tell you it doesn't taste very good. Nobody wants to be in the room and nobody wants to be in a marriage where somebody makes it all about themselves. So that's what we're talking about, I think Sheila. when we get to the place um, that we think more about, when we don't make it about ourselves, we think more about serving. How can yeah, we serve yeah. our spouse? So again, in any relationship, it's like, it's like you've got to understand that, that, you create an atmosphere everywhere you go. You create in your senses, you know, John Denver, you fill up my senses like a night in the forest. Well, I, I love that because the thought process is that we have, you know, hearing, we have taste, we have smell, we have our eyes. It's all in our head, right? And, and oftentimes we don't realize that those five senses, the touch, of course, that's everywhere. But, but four of those five senses are literally in our head, how we see, how we hear, how we smell, how we taste. And it's the same way in, in our marriages. So let's, uh, let's talk about uh, the second one that we talked about. And this is so important. It's about yes, fun. Fun. So we all, you know, you're especially good at that. You're really good at fun and bringing fun to our relationship. And I think a lot of times, um, you know, there can be one or the other that's maybe a little bit more fun. And just know what you bring, but doesn't make an excuse for me not to bring fun. Because sometimes I can get so busy in my doing and just all the things I need to get done. Uh, like last night, you pointed out that 
I was cleaning out the pantry. Normally Friday night is a date night and we're gonna go do something fun. We're gonna go to the movie or something like that. We are in different times, but last night I made it a priority to clean out the pantry. That was fun for me. Now fun for you that, is- That's totally not fun for me. I walked there and went, oh no, I hope she didn't ask me to join in this fun. It was like, oh my goodness, it was what? a mess. It was a mess, but you know what? Now it's all clean and so nice and know where everything is. So that's fun for me, but sometimes we can get independent of our fun and we got to make sure that we come together on our fun so it's good and I can have girlfriend fun and sister time fun and all those kind of things but we got to learn how to get ourselves back on the same plate you know, and having fun together. Well you know what what can happen in life is you get so busy and life is full of challenges life is full of crisis from time to time and you can stop having fun and if you were let me let me just give every man that's watching some insight most women, I promise you what I'm going to tell you is true. Their top three things that they want in a man is fun. For some of them, it's number one. It's not your looks. It's not even like security. It's like, if it's not fun, I'm not in. And you got, you get, men have to understand that about women. And here's the thing. They want you to bring the fun. It's not like, yes, it's like, so, <laughs> I like that. so, so you have to find out not only what's fun for you, but what's fun for them. Well, how many but times I mean, wouldn't you agree with that? That most, like, no. I know, I know women, it's their number one thing. They've never even thought about it. Like I want to have fun. There is nothing more miserable than being married to a rich, boring, good looking, no fun person. I'm just telling you, a lot of you say, well, I'll take rich. Well, you know what? Sometimes that's not fun. Because guess what? Sometimes the focus is on is all about business and all about work and no fun. And it's just... And I don't think it's just always across the board. But yes, we love to be with a man that is fun and we want that. But there are times that maybe the woman is will bring more of the yeah. fun. And that's okay. Just find but I'm just tell, I'm is. just telling but you the truth. Though. For me, I love that because... For me personally, I can get Guys in. don't think that way. Yeah. Guys don't think. So your think. fun is different than my fun too. So I have to join in with your you fun. Grab my finger. Yes. So I, your fun is like, I would never like ride a motorcycle myself, but I love getting on the back of the motorcycle with right. you. And but you would like, have never done it if it wasn't life, for me. No. And if you weren't in my life, then I wouldn't do that kind of fun. But Let's right go. <laughs> when the weather gets a little warmer. Yes. <laughs> And all kinds of fun. Yeah. I like to, you know what, you know, you know that cold weather is fun for me. You know why? Because it makes me feel alive. Like you walk out, like, you, you know, you're alive in cold weather and hot weather. It like, I can drain you, but cold. And so what I like to do when it's cold is go out in my car, put the top down and drive. And sometimes you actually join me, man, you are bundled up over there. I mean, the cold air's blowing. I just, and I, I, you know what I'm thinking about? Everybody thinks we are crazy. Like, did the top, is it broken? Does it not go up? Because as we're going down the toll road and everybody is bundled in their coats and they've got their windows up and the heaters are blaring, we've got the top. Do you know that there's one car that I have that I never put the top up unless it's raining? It doesn't matter what the weather's like. If I'm in that car, if it's not raining, and sometimes it's been raining even, I go, I better put it up because I'm going to ruin my car. That's good. That's good. But it's just fun. <laughs> yeah. That's what I love about motorcycles. That's what I love about cars. You love I the love, wind in I, your I hair. I love feeling alive. The I love the sun on your head. I love the music loud. Yes. And I love you right next to me bundled up, freezing <laughs> your tail off. 
You do keep the heater on. So anyway, thank fun. You for that. Okay. Look at what the Bible says about it. Look, Ecclesiastes 3. He has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. By the way, I want to stop right here and prophetically, I want to say something to somebody. You're, you're going through a difficult time right now and it doesn't look so beautiful. Here's what I can tell you. This is the word of God. He is going to make everything beautiful in its time. The Bible says also that he has planted eternity in our hearts, a divine purpose, a mysterious longing for which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man cannot find, comprehend, or grasp what God has done, his overall plan from beginning to end. Like we don't really always know what it is that God is doing. But verse 12 says this, I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and to do good as long as they live. And also that every man, this is good news, should eat, drink, and see and enjoy the good of his labor. It is a gift from God. So listen, God even wants your labor to be, being able to work is a gift, but we can see it as a grind. You can see it as just something that's a have to rather than a get to. And, uh, I just, I just hope everybody will find meaning and purpose in their work. Don't, don't work in a job where it doesn't give you some kind of meaning and purpose. Don't make it about the money. Don't, don't make, just make it about the meaning and purpose. Make it about the people that you get to work with. Don't just make it about the buck and chase the buck. Cause guess what? You'll find out that that's not very fun. Yeah. And I, I love what Proverbs 15, 13 says, especially in the message Bible. Yeah. Cause it says a cheerful heart brings a smile to your face, yes. you're a cheerful heart today. And a sad heart makes it hard to get through the day. And then finally, Proverbs 17, verse 22, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. And Sheila, I think it's so important for us to realize that, that fun is something that we have to make happen. Fun just doesn't happen. You have to make it happen sometimes. Sometimes we're surprised by fun. We watch television or we do something that makes us laugh, but you've gotta be intentional about your fun. And the older you get, the more responsibility you have, the longer you've been married, and listen to me, the more money you make, the more you'll have to make margin for fun in your life. And so I just wanna encourage you. And if you're struggling, you have to decide, you know what, God, God wants me to have fun in my life. It's, it's a gift from God. Labor's a gift from God. Eating, drinking, it's a gift from God. God wants us to understand that. And no matter what, we're, what, part, what part of life we're in that doesn't look so beautiful right now, He will make everything beautiful in its time. So for our relationships, we need the right food. Right. We need fun. Yeah. And then we need to focus on our finances. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Sheila, I think... Uh, in relationships, your first and, and most significant relationship is with God. And, you know, we talk a lot about love. We talk about love is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. There was a, a lawyer uh, that went to Jesus and said, what is, the most, what is the greatest commandment? And he says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. A lot of people never get to the love piece. Like they, they just love how they love. They, they sometimes feel love, sometimes don't feel loved based on the season of their life. But I'm gonna tell you how love works. Love works by honor. Because the truth is you're never gonna have true love unless you have honor first. 
Honor is the one thing that makes everything in your life work. And the reason that's so important as it relates to finances is because in the scripture, and my son Josh is here with some of our staff uh, today as we record this. But Josh, I want you to look it up for me because how many verses are on are about finances in scripture? It's, it's 2,350 is what it is, I think. But just double check on that. Okay, and so how many, how many verses are there on forgiveness? How many verses are there on prayer? In other words, there, there's more verses, Sheila, about finances in the Bible that are financial things or financial needs than there are um, anywhere else. Okay, Josh, just, yeah. Well, let's see how good my eyes are. Thank you, Sheila. 275 verses on prayer, 350 verses on faith, 650 verses on love, 2,350 verses that relate specifically to finances and material possessions. And so why are we talking about this? Because it's not so much about finances and it is so much about honor. Well, finances are a big part of our marriage. Yeah, they are. And our relationships, any relationship. So we all deal with money every day. So there's three things. Let me just say this, sex, money, and children are really the primary reason why people get married. So there are the three primary reasons also that people get divorced. Yeah. So the, these are three pleasures areas that if we don't handle them properly, they can become extremely painful. So our first point underneath finances is put God first. Yeah, put God first. So honor the Lord with your wealth, the Bible says. In Proverbs, the third chapter and the ninth verse, and with the first fruits of your crops or your income. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, we talk about this all the time here out of the Message Bible, that the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. And those who help others are going to be helped themselves. Sheila, I especially like 1 Timothy 6, In the New Living Translation, it says, teach those that are rich in this world. By the way, if you live in America, you're richer than the rest of the world. I don't care how much money you make or don't make. If you live in America, you live in the richest country in the world. Teach those that are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Again, back to that fun. Tell them to use their money to do good. So we talk about money. We talk about clothing people. We talk about feeding people. When we talk about being the church, the hands and feet of Jesus, my job as a spiritual leader is to teach you to not only enjoy your money, but to use your money to do good. To be rich, the Bible says, in good works and generous to those who are in need, always being ready to share with others. And by doing this, you will be storing up for yourselves treasures, a good foundation for the future so that you may experience true life, a spiritual life, a supernatural life. And that's God's heart. So as it relates to putting God first, Um, Well, you have a supernatural thought that I think is so good. It's when you set your finances in biblical order, God orders his supernatural blessing on your life. Yeah, he really does. I love that because you know what? We're also doing that and helping you as moms and dads. And even I would just want to encourage you, even in this point, I don't necessarily like promoting myself. 
But there's a book that I've written that um, that will really help you, not yeah. just with your kids, but help you personally. It's very, um, it's called First Bank of Me, and it's very small, little book that if you'll just live by these principles of 70, 10, 10, 10, that has yeah. been that your money management system for us from yeah. the time our kids were little. And if we could truly apply this in our families, if you can do that, you know, as just a leader yourself, just live off of 70% of your income. Give God the first 10%. It's like you've talked about and read the scripture on. Honor God with your first fruits, with your tithes, putting him first. So Sheila, here's what I want to say. In, in, in your notes, you can go to our Elevate Life app uh, maybe the notes are even available as you're watching. There's a whole lot more than what I'm going to talk about, but some of my leadership ologies as it relates to generosity, as it relates to stewardship are there. But Sheila, I just want to, before we move to the next F, I, I want to just say that, that stewardship money thoughts, we've got to think as stewards. We can't just think of, oh, we're, we're just owners. No, we're stewards of everything. So here's, here's the thought. God created everything. God owns everything. I belong to God. Everything that I have belongs to God. Everything I do with whatever God has given me, I can do because of God. Everything I decide to do, I do as unto the Lord. The Bible says it this way, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through him. And so Sheila, we, we, we get on the I can do side of life when we do money God's way, when we do our finances God's way. Well, let me just say this real quick. You talk about creating margins. So that's what I was saying about the 70, yeah. 10, 10, 10. But also we talk about money and decide our money values. I think this is an area where so many uh, people struggle because they never really decide what they value. So they live way beyond yeah. their means. So as a couple coming together, when we decide what we value, if we value putting God first, then that's just going to be a priority. We're right. always going to do that. Right. Then after that, like we can start in the beginning of the year and say, we value taking care of our home. So we're going to make sure that's a part of us understanding that that's where our resources are going to go to. We value going on vacation, yep. you know, so we're going to put resources towards that. So I think so many times couples, what they do because they really don't understand what each other values. Yep. And so they get frustrated with what their spouse is spending money on. But if you'll come together and really define what do you value? What are we going to value in this next year? Are we going to value going to Disney World? Is that going to be a priority? So if we do, we're going to save money towards that. So I'm not going to be as likely to go spend money on clothes or go buy something extra because my priority is this next year, we're going to make sure we make this trip. So I think that's where sometimes couples get into sometimes trouble in their relationship. And then they never really decide, like, how much would it be okay? We don't do this in our relationship at this point, but years ago when our kids were little, yep. we lived more on a really tight budget. We would decide how much is okay for me to spend without asking you, can I spend this money? Yep. So there would be and like, and vice versa. like within a hundred dollars, you know, like if you needed something that you would give me the freedom to do that. Now there's some couples it's like, well, you can't even go get a coffee at Starbucks without asking for permission. So I think it's like deciding that 
that between the two of you? What's okay? Because you need to come to agreement. You need to be on the same page. We, we did that with groceries, how much we were going to spend with groceries. We did that with how much was just money to spend on whatever you wanted. And so at one point in our life, it was like two or $300 a month that we allotted for just, just whatever. You know, if you wanted to go to TJ Maxx or whatever, but we were trying to be good stewards. The goal is to be a good steward so you can be generous. And that's my heart. That's my heart. So, so the fourth one, Sheila, is family. The fourth one is family. And this is so important that you, you have to understand as it relates to, to relationships, there's family of origin and there's family of choice. The family that you were born into, you had nothing to do with. In fact, the family that you were born into is the family you're supposed to learn from. You might be close to them and you might not be close to them. But the bottom line is one of the reasons God put you in the family that he put you in was to learn how to and how not to. So never be negative about your family of origin. Just, just let them be your teachers, like learn from them. And so uh, that's, that's, that's- It's a place for you to have, build a foundation right. for yourself that you go, okay, this is what I came from, or this is maybe some baggage that I'm bringing in that maybe I'm working through. Maybe this is in your conversations. But I love the scripture in Matthew 7. It says, whoever does these sayings of mine will build your house on the rock. And the ones who don't listen to my words will build their house on the sand. So it's important that we honor God yeah. with, in, in our homes and with each other in our communication. You know, spending time with God is important. Yeah, God's, we, God's heart, Sheila, is family. Like God has a plan for you. He has a plan for your family. Uh, because you are his family. And for us to understand that. So I'm just give a few basic things here because I wanna, I wanna put some meat on the bones biblically. Ephesians 6, one through four in the New Living Translation. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you'll have a, a, a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So the Bible is full of how we should, and again, it all comes back to honor, right? So it's honoring the Lord. It's honoring your parents. It's it's learning obedience, learning fellowship from your parents so you can learn leadership well, in you, your future you know, life. And you know, it's so amazing. You have read so much word. I mean, you have gone through scripture after scripture. And if we can just see that in, in our own families, in our own relationships, that the word of God is light. Yeah. There's a scripture in Psalms 119. It says, the word of God is a light in the darkness that shows the way. Yeah. And everything that we need is in the word of God. Yeah. But sometimes that's the last thing we do is go to the word of God and then apply well, it to our Well, as a lives. family, let's make sure that we make the word the most important thing. Proverbs 22 verse six says, direct your children on onto the right path and when they're older, they will not leave. And I just believe that. I believe if you live it, if you walk it, if you create a word culture in your family, uh, that, that, that that's what's going to happen. So uh, Deuteronomy 6, it, this is in your book, Live Your Legacy. I love it. It's a foundational scripture for what our family. What was the family. title of that book? Uh, live... <laughs> <laughs> Live for Live God. Live your legacy. Live your legacy. <laughs> Write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you and then get them inside of your children. 
That is the role for every parent, not just to raise good kids, not just to make sure your kids are fed and that they have clothes, but to have great relationships, start with a great relationship in your family, to get this inside your children. Talk about them wherever you're sitting in your home, walking in the street, talk about them. What? The things of God, the, the precepts of God, the word of God. Talk about them in the morning. Talk about them when you fall into bed at night. Tie them on your hands, your foreheads as a reminder. Inscribe them on the doorposts of your homes, on your city gates. This was God's direction to his children. And for us, we've just, as parents especially, we've got to be people of the word, get it inside our children, not just tell it to them, but get it on the inside of them. And I just believe when you do that, it's gonna lead us to our next F, and that is favor. You're gonna see favor in your life. You know, every time, whenever we taught our kids to pray, in every prayer, it was also at the table yeah, whenever, yeah. whenever they pray. Yeah. They when would they say, young. God, give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding, divine favor with you and divine favor with man. Yeah. That's how favor comes in your life, is living the Word of God and applying the Word of God, praying the Word of God. Yeah. And so then you're gonna find favor. Well, I love this, Sheila. You know, being planted in the house of God, one of my leadership apologies is, brings the fruit of favor in your life. In fact, the TBQ, the thought behind that quote is favor is a real thing. In fact, biblical favor can be defined as a divine advantage for success. And one of the greatest ways to find favor is to favor what God favors. And so Psalms 35, 27, mark that down. Make this a life scripture for your life and for your relationships. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. God be made bigger in my life, be made bigger in my family, be made bigger in every aspect of, of every area of my life. The Bible says that when you magnify the Lord, he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his saints. I love that. So when you have favor and you really begin to emphasize the things in your life, you begin to favor the things that God favors. The Bible says he takes pleasure as he watches the prosperity of, of, of him come on your life and you begin to walk in the earth, not just as a man, not just as a woman, not just as a husband, not just as a father, not just as a friend, not just as a business person, but you're walking on the earth as God's family and he takes pleasure that you win. Yes. Amen. Amen. So we've talked about food. We've talked about fun, finances, family, favor, and now future. Future. Woo. Guess what? You're going to have a future. The Bible says that God says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Jeremiah 29, 11 to give you yes. good and not evil, yeah. to give you a future and a hope and an expected end. But you know what, Sheila? One of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible is Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. that says, trust in the Lord. Let me, let me read it. Um, I think this is in the New Living Translation. Trust in and, no, amplified. Trust in and rely confidently on God with all your heart. Now listen, and do not rely on your own insight and understanding. This is very tough for people. You know what will mess up your future more than anything? The way that you think today. Yeah. I always ask people, who taught you to think like you think? So do not rely 
on your insight and understanding. Why? Because you're, you have limited experience, you have limited knowledge, therefore you have limited perceptions that lead to misconceptions. So the Bible is very clear. Don't just rely on your own understanding, your own insight, but in all your ways, verse six of Proverbs three says, in all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him and he will make your paths in the future straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. I love that. I love that too. And I think that when you just said that about who taught you to think the way that you think, for me, I've learned a lot through the years and how to think better. But sometimes for all of us, we kind of can go back to the way that maybe was our old way of thinking. Even though we know the right way, but our emotions get in the way, our feelings get in the way. And so it's easy to maybe even start feeling sorry for yourself or, you know, and to not act according to what, how you know you're supposed to act. And so that's always, I would just say that's a fight for me to go, you know what, I'm better than that, you know, and I'm gonna act better than that. I know I shouldn't think that way and I'm gonna let that go. Well, the most important relationship that you can have is a relationship with God. And you know what, that's where great relationships start. In other words, if I could just say it this way, great relationships start dot, dot, dot with God. And, And if you don't have a right relationship with God, you might be watching right now, I just want to tell you, you can know him. If you'll get that relationship right, if you'll get on that journey of having your heart and your mind right with God, he will make your other relationships work out. I believe that, Sheila. And that's why we come to the house of God because we learn God's ways. Psalms 25 says, Lord, teach us your way. Show us your path. Lead us in the way of everlasting. And this is what God does. So so before we end today, I just want to give you an opportunity to get your life right with Jesus, to get your life right with God. And maybe you're not in a good place with God. Uh, God doesn't look at you and He judge you where you are. God looks at you and He has mercy. He has compassion. The Bible says His, His mercy endures forever. His compassions fail not. His loving kindness is more important than life itself. So right now, no matter where you are, if you're not in a right relationship with God, would you just pray this prayer with me right now? In fact, just put your hand over your heart with me and just say, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me I ask you to forgive for the mistakes that I've made. For the mistakes that I've made. I want to be the person that you've created me to be. I want to have a right relationship with you. I give you my life, my past, my present, and my future. And from this day forward, I choose to serve you. In your name I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer, I just want you to know that we're here for you. In just a minute, um, there'll be live hosts that will be talking to you. And you can text right now, actually, the name Jesus and just say, hey, I made a new decision or I rededicated my life. And it would just give us the opportunity to help serve you better. And we, Sheila, we, we are not just a church, but we're a family. We're a family of choice. And we'd love to be a part of your family of choice. Even if, you're, if you don't live in the Frisco area, you're watching this from somewhere else. Uh, we're a part of the bigger family, the family of God. So it's, it's, it was an honor to be with you today. Sheila, happy Valentine's. I want to say that to you, but also happy love day to everybody. Yes. God loves you. 
God believes in you. God sees the best in you. God wants the best for you. And He will make everything right now that's not so beautiful, according to His Word, Ecclesiastes, He'll make everything beautiful in its time. And I just wanna encourage you today. And I wanna so, say this, that no matter what you're going through, just know that we all go through tough times and you're not alone. So while we may be in better places, we have ups and downs, that we're a church that truly does care, yeah. we love. And so just know that we're here for you. We're here to fight for you, to stand with you, to pray with you. That's why we have prayer requests that come in. Yeah. We truly do take those prayer requests to heart and pray over them. Believe for your miracles. Believe for the possible to happen in your family. So no matter what you're fighting through, whatever you're facing in this season, we are standing with you. Just know that. So type whatever you want in the comments to say, pray with me about this or stand with me on this. Take that I very believe seriously. in God. And we're going to continue to pray for you. Also, I just want to encourage you to click share and just share this with somebody. And, uh, and I want to encourage you also, if you're in the Frisco area, anywhere even close to Frisco, come and be with us in person. Because guess what, Sheila? Next weekend, we're going to be live in person. Yes. So we're excited about that. If you're coming back and this next week you'll be back, then you want to serve on a team. We want you to serve. We yeah. want you to be a part of the big family because you become a part of a smaller group when you serve on these different teams. It's so much fun. So you can text that same number that they did, that they text when they said that they were making a new decision or rededicating their life when they said Jesus. You're going to say serve. So it's 972 945 9772. So put serve in there if you'd like to join a team. That's awesome. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.